As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Billboard on Broadway podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Milzoff, senior editor at Billboard and musical theater fan here. So since the end of Glee and Smash, I know I at least have been wondering when there would next be a major network TV show set in the world of musical theater. And a few weeks ago, I got my answer when the new NBC drama Rise premiered. There was reason to be excited about Rise based on the creative team alone. The creator is Jason Kadams, who was the genius, many of us would say, behind Friday Night Lights and Parenthood. The executive producer is Jeffrey Seller, who also was responsible for bringing Hamilton to Broadway. And the music is being arranged by Tom Kitt, who wrote the score for the groundbreaking musical Next to Normal and has been the uh, expert orchestrator, music supervisor and music director on many, many, many Broadway shows. And then there's the basic plot. Rise uh, is inspired by a true story. Uh, It's about the kids in a Pennsylvania steel town's high school musical theater department and the teacher who decides they're capable of really challenging material, specifically the much-beloved but controversial musical Spring Awakening. In case you haven't heard of Spring Awakening, I will digress for a second to catch you up. Spring Awakening is a musical that debuted on Broadway in 2006. It quickly became a huge hit, especially with uh, a younger audience, uh, thanks in part to an amazing score by the singer-songwriter Duncan Sheik. Uh, It sort of has a folk rock feel. um, And the story that, though it's set in late 19th century Germany, feels completely timely. It's about teenagers who are coming to terms with their sexuality and with the general challenges of growing up without much supervision or guidance from, well, actual adults. It's the show that kind of made stars of Leah Michelle and Jonathan Groff. Uh, and it also happens to provide the theme music for this podcast. The blah, 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 blah you hear every week is from the song Totally Fucked. At this point, I can say for sure that for me, the best part of Rise is being able to hear this super talented young cast every week singing the songs from Spring Awakening. And they do it in a way that's really different from Glee. There are no bright, shiny, choreographed musical numbers so far. We see a lot of rehearsal. So it feels like a pretty realistic look at the way a high school musical actually might come together. Um, But 
I think there is definitely a chance that this show could become a charts juggernaut in the way that Glee did. Uh, Rise has integrated pop music as well into the show in kind of an interstitial way. Uh, the cast members have covered songs ranging from Pearl Jam's Just Breathe to Macklemore's Glorious. And on May 11th, Atlantic Records is going to release Rise Season 1, the album, which will have a mix of Spring Awakening songs and those more contemporary covers. With all that said, I thought that mid-season was a perfect time to check in with a couple of the show's stars, Ali Cravalho, who you probably know best as the voice of Moana, um, appears as an actual human on Rise as Lilette, who uh, plays the female lead of Vendla in Spring Awakening, and Damon J. Gillespie, who plays the surprisingly vocally talented quarterback Robbie, um, who also wins the male lead of Melchior opposite Lilette. Ali and Damon are significantly more experienced than the characters they play. Damon actually has been on Broadway twice in Newsies and Aladdin, uh, but they are nonetheless really believable as high school students who are sort of first discovering their talents. And they came by the podcast to talk all about the world of both Spring Awakening and Rise. Oh, I'm gonna be A huge Spring Awakening fan, like so many people, I was of course super excited about the show. Um, but uh, I'm curious how, like, what your musical theater backgrounds were growing mm. up. Was musical theater a big part of what made you want to be singers and actors in the first place, or was it different kinds of music? What was going on for both of you? I'm like making eye contact with anyone and everything but Damon J. Gillespie at this point. So I love theater. I've, I've always loved singing and dancing and putting on my own shows in my living room. Um, <laughs> there too. Um, kissing mirrors, like that was totally my childhood as an only child. Lots of kissing mirrors. Trying to entertain myself. But I, I didn't get cast actually in the in high school productions um i played like mrs the understudy for mrs claus in elementary school and that was it so i get the last laugh ha 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 because i'm getting paid now <laughs> um yeah damon Vroom? yeah so i uh i like grew up in music and mm -hmm. my like i went to school for musical theater in middle school and continued in high school and went to college for a couple of years. Like I caught the musical theater bug like right into my teens. Mm. And then I was like, yeah, this is kind of what I want to do with my life. So, and like I saw my, my school, like the seniors were doing the opening number to a chorus line. And it's the first time I'd ever seen it. I didn't even know what a musical was. Mm. Uh, I was like, what What does that even mean? Like a musical, what, a musical what? A musical, like, like a musical taco or what? Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> and so like. I'd like to know what a musical right, taco would right? tell. <laughs> no. And so like they did the opening number to a chorus line and I fell in love immediately. Mm. And then a few years later, I went to New York and saw Billy Elliot and was like, this is exactly what I want to do with my life. I said, I have to be on that stage. And then. 
six years later, I was. The rest is history. The and you were very history. recently on the Broadway. Yeah, about yeah, uh, you was. two yes. years ago. Almost, yeah, actually about two years ago now is when I started. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, actually. Yesterday was two, was two years ago. Wow. Yeah. Almost to the day. In, a, in Aladdin, correct? Uh-huh. Yes. And then you got three and a half or two and a half more weeks, and then I was out. There, so you go. <laughs> Just hopping along on crutches. <laughs> it as, as it happens. So, so when you were listening to music growing up, was it a mm-hmm. mix of pop music and shows, or like uh, what was it for each of you? For me, it was a lot of Christian music. Uh, Same Christian music. Hillsong um, United. Hillsong. <laughs> That's what well, I'm talking Stone about. Stone is very huge on the charts. Right? I know. Yeah. They know what they're doing. <laughs> what about what? Cornerstone. That was, yeah, that was a song. Chris Tomlin. Were you a Chris Tomlin I, fan? Yes. Yo, okay, sorry. So <laughs> music I grew up with was Christian music, a lot of Hawaiian music. Um, my mom is is Hawaiian, and on my dad's side, he's Puerto Rican and Portuguese. So we have this interesting mix, mix called Kachi Kachi music, which is actually very specific to the islands to Mm -hmm. Hawaii Island um, of a mix between mariachi and having Hawaiian lyrics and ukuleles and like guitars and and both of those influences yeah so it's really interesting Um, that's the kind of music I grew up with I didn't grow up with show tunes Um, I didn't grow up really knowing any musical numbers but my mom wanted me to know that there was something bigger than than just my little island so she would pull me out of school sometimes to see like a community ballet or uh oh, I didn't know that that's yeah, so cool yeah so um school was always very important to me but so was just expanding my musical interests as well as just expanding my own horizons of realizing oh there there's another world out there that that I can explore mm-hmm. I actually grew grew up listening to a lot of rap music just a lot of rap music until I found musical theater. I listened to like I listened to rap, I listened to rock, I listened to heavy metal for a minute. Mm-hmm. I was listening to everything. And then once I got into high school, it was almost like I strictly listened to what I used to listen to and then show tunes because I was like learning new albums. <laughs> I like despised pop music for the longest time. Same. I did. I just I wasn't into it. It was like it just it wasn't Britney. It wasn't in sync. It wasn't what I grew up with. So I was like, "This is no. This is no, no." Yeah. And then I kind of backed up on show tunes because I realized, "Oh, you need pop music to audition for these. You can't just <laughs> listen to show tunes anymore." So I was like, "Okay, I should probably listen to some, reg- you know, mm-hmm. regular people music." Regular people. <laughs> so I would listen. I started listening to a little bit of everything. I love that you had to call it regular people music after you became like a total show tune nerd. It's like, oh, I have to become a regular person. Well, you can't jam out to Stephen Sondheim's company, uh, no matter. No. Or can you? Well, maybe you can. Right? Some of us can. Lynn would be able to find stuff <laughs> okay. like that. Yes. If you can find a beat in like Carousel, I'm like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, I like the idea of finding a beat in Carousel. Now I'm gonna think about how to do that. It was like, and Camelot. No, it was Camelot. There's yeah, like this just... like march song, and he's like, it's like don 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 don, and he immediately he's like throwing his hand up and waving and like getting real <laughs> hype in it. I'm like, dude, it's a, it's a like, my God, I it's it, it's a tuba, dude. Like, calm down. <laughs> 
Well, I have to interject for a minute because uh, Ali, you did a wonderful performance at Midscast last week oh. um, of Something's Coming <laughs> from West Side gonna... Story. And oh. I, I want to hear very well. I, I want to hear this charming story of how oh, West Side Story was like God. a revelation to you. <laughs> <laughs> Damon. Don't look at me. Okay, so so Bernie from Miscast, right? Bernie is a wonderful um, individual who emailed uh, me and asked if I wanted to be a part of Miscast. And I was like, if it's a chance for me to be in front of a spotlight, I've missed it for the last three months. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> Bernie, by the way, is, he's Bernie Telsey, yeah, who's sorry. a big casting guru of Broadway. Yes. yes. Also uh, the artistic dude. director of uh, MCC of Theater. MCC, yeah. yeah. That dude that I just casually referred to as Bernie, I'm sorry, <laughs> he's amazing, really great, just kind individual, and yes, very revered and well-known. Um, but to me, he's just Bernie. So, uh, yeah, Bernie emailed me, and, and he you know sent a few songs my way. I'm like, I don't know very many songs. I don't know very many musicals. I grew up, maybe not under a rock, but certainly on one in Hawaii, so I'm <laughs> I'm completely misconnected. <laughs> right. But I'm just, and I, I'm just disconnected in, in that sense and he's like okay so um we'll take a listen and and I had a listen to the song that he sent and it was um it's beautiful and as Miss Cass goes you you're auditioning or you're singing songs that you would never be cast in the roles for so it was sung by a guy and I was like oh th- there's a there's like a, a full musical that goes along with this like oh wow I, I should I should watch this and so I watched it and I was like Guys, this, I feel like this is everything that theater is supposed to be. It's heartbreaking. It's relevant. It's beautiful. And I was like, and I just wish more people knew about this. Okay. <laughs> and in my mind, I was like, this could be a classic. <laughs> and I and I was like ready to fight Very for it. <laughs> I was so ready to fight for it. And I, I looked it up. Right. And I'm like, what? Does what, what, no one know about this? And um, so that musical was West Side Story. <laughs> and it was not nearly as obscure as I thought it was. Uh, and so I sang Something's Coming, and I tr- tried my best at it because I had just watched it. Um, but yeah! That's, and it went well. And it went well. I feel it like did. that's a very, it's a very like rhythmically challenging song to it's do. Tough. It's all over the place. It's like ri- it's rhythmic. You handled it. Thank you. I really appreciate that because I was just on social media and this is real because I was just on social media and like someone had a clip and she they like the comments were like kind of negative. So thank you very much. I you would that. you would make a very good Tony if I was ever <laughs> doing <laughs> my, right. my own gender flip for right. production. Thank you. <laughs> So before you both came to Rise, what was your experience with Spring Awakening? Because I feel like, Mm. to me, Spring Awakening was sort of the beginning in this more, like, modern era of the past 10 years or so of, like, oh, my God, musical theater really being something that young people are relating to again and having this kind of fanaticism about Mm -hmm. that they do about other areas of pop culture. Damon has beautiful story I about do. Spring Awakening. I, I didn't yeah. know it, but... <laughs> well, I I actually was... Uh, my first year com- coming to New York, I was supposed to see Spring Awakening, but it closed right before mm-hmm. I could get a chance to see it. And my, uh, my teacher at the time had told me, he was like, this production was amazing, and all the kids that went were telling me about it. And they said it was just, a, it was just an incredible musical. And I was like, okay, cool, cool. And then... I uh, I went to college. I saw Spring Awakening. 
there because they were doing it. And then I, I came home for the summer after my freshman year of college and got cast as Melchior in Spring Awakening. Oh, wow. And that's and actually... where was that? This was back in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I'm from. Okay. And that's actually where I met my now fiancé. In, right? in the show. <laughs> See, even he's like, wait, what? He's like, that's a pretty cool story. <laughs> but like, um, it was, yeah, so we met doing Spring Awakening. And then, because it's, and it's always been one of my favorite shows. I've, I've sang through the entire thing, guys and girls songs, numerous times. And, As have we all. <laughs> you know, you know, it's hard not to. And so when I got cast in this, I was, I was, over the over the moon because I got to revisit this character again, but this time I understood the text so much more. Mm-hmm. I had gone through so many more experiences in my life where I understood where the character was coming from, where the music was coming from, and the style of it. I had mm-hmm. had a little bit more involvement with the theater before I could really like appreciate it, and so it was really nice to revisit it. Amazing. And what about you? I did not know Spring Awakening. I um I had read it at some point in time, partway through. Um, and so when I received the script, I was like, oh, I know Spring Awakening, having not actually read it all the way through. <laughs> um, and I knew that Lilette would be playing Vendla. Um, and so I was like, yeah, cool. I get to finally play like a lead in a in a show. It sounds amazing. And then as you know, the season progressed, and I was like, maybe I should read the rest of it. I was like, oh, whoa, this gets a little deep. And uh, yeah, <laughs> but that was that was my whole experience in it in a nutshell because I truly did not grow up with it. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. And when the audition happened, I mean, did the two of you have to have some sort of like chemistry singing session together or did it just work out that you happened to pair really well? It just kind of worked out that we weren't crappy people yeah. and we just kind of connected. <laughs> but like we suck. didn't meet each other until the first the first rehearsal. Oh, yes. wow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So because I had known that I had also already known that she had gotten cast. Yeah. And I was the first to get cast. You were. Yes. You were the first. Yeah. Amy will say it different, but... We've actually... Okay, so Amy Forsyth, amazing <laughs> person, amazing singer, amazing actress, plays Gwen Strickland in, in our show. 
And she and I had been like going back and forth. I was like, I definitely got cast first. And she's like, uh, excuse me. She had worked on um, The Path. Path. And so it's the same crew, same similar writers, some of the same writers. And she was like, uh, they already knew me. I mean, I was practically cast when I was doing The Path for this new show. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so we, we, checked, we checked our emails, though. And I, I got the email before she did. With, but no, it was within like three days. I think it was. Yeah. But it's been scientifically proven. But it has you been win. proven. The receipts have been read. <laughs> I was first. I, th- I think I was the talking? last one to get cast. Yeah. On, I think I was like, I think. Um, you were. You were. Out of the like, out of the regulars. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I remember talking to Kadams and uh, Cahill. Mike Cahill yeah, yeah. about that, and I was like, "Yo, uh, who's yo, who's who's playing Robbie?" Because like I've never kissed a boy before, so like, "Yo, who's this person?" <laughs> and and they were like, "Well, you won't have to kiss him in the pilot, but uh, we actually haven't figured it out yet." And that was within the week, the week of us starting rehearsal. When were you cast? Mike? Two days before rehearsal Two started. Two days before rehearsal started. Yes. <laughs> so that's the speed of film yeah. and television. Be like, "Hey, you got cast. You start Thursday." Yeah. <laughs> my, okay. All right. Um, what about my job? Quit it. Like, okay, good. Well, good. You, you know you were extremely necessary. So that, yes. you know, I, I I tell myself that quite often. No, but it's in true. My sleep. I mean he, he plays Robbie <laughs> Thorne, who's a football player who sings, who raps, who has this amazing capability of, of just charming people and is charismatic and it's exactly who he is like in life. So CC. Yeah. <laughs> If you want, thank you. Yeah, thank he, you so yeah. much. All right, and we're done. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to interrupt this love fest, but um, I mean, the two of you. I know that the the show does kind of has done kind of a combination of live and recorded mm-hmm. performance, um, but the two of you are coming from very different experiences. I think singing for the screen. I mean, you've done a big movie that I assume was mostly in the studio, yes. that whole setup. Mm. You've been on stage much more. So what are the sort of differences and challenges of doing it live as people <laughs> on the stage, right. like often in this kind of rehearsal setting as you do on the show? Well, this is my first time as, not as a, I guess as a, like a prominent lead, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. you know, so never have I, I had an, like, and I'm not saying that I do this at all. This is, it's an ensemble mm-hmm. thing. But like when you're, you know, when you're like a lead in a Broadway show, you kind of like, they say you kind of carry the show on your back or whatever with the rest of everybody. But I have never been in a position to carry a show mm-hmm. to where I've had to like, everything kind of relies on how I sound or how I, how I act. You know, I'm used to like, I'm used to like it relying on my body. So coming from a dancer. Right, yeah. exactly. So this is the, fir- it was, it was very nerve wracking. I'm not going to lie. Like I know that I, I, I have been practicing a lot on my voice and I don't particularly like it. I, I like what it can do sometimes, but like, <laughs> so singing in front of everybody for the first time is always just incredibly nerve wracking for me. Like my legs start to shake and I start to get really sweaty. Like it's just, it's, I get such stage fright, but once I'm there and I've done it then it's like you know by the time episode two and three came I was like yeah let's go like just out of the you know (laughs) I mean just didn't matter (laughs) so doing it like that I think it's it was much more nerve-wracking to me also because there was I felt like there was much more at stake you know it was a pilot it's your first like 
leading role on a TV show. There's so much you just want to get right. So I completely, yeah, I get that. Um, totally stage fright, nerve wracking. When we were shooting um, Glorious, the music video, like both of us were like sweaty messes, and he's like, "Yo, I have deodorant. Do you want to like?" Use my deodorant. <laughs> and I was like, uh, "Yes, please." Like that spray on. Yeah, and it's a, it was a great. It was a great deodorant, by the That's way. It smelled stuff. great for the rest of the day. But <laughs> it's very true that that it's just you have to kind of one be your your own biggest supporter. Like you need to be able to believe in yourself. You need mm-hmm. to know your music to the point where you can sing it blindfolded, walking backwards. I mean, it, sick. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Even mm-hmm. even when your your voice is not at top notch. Um, and it's so important to have that vocal stamina because we do sing everything live as well as everything in the studio. So we'll record it in the studio first. And then when it comes down to it, though, they would love to to use the, the live recordings and they prefer that. So we do and we, we shoot it however many times, you know, 10, mm-hmm. 15, 20, as many times as as they need. And so to get that vulnerability on stage and to have that move through our voice is what's most important which is why we need those live recordings because the dialogue then comes into play and it's no longer just us in a booth kind of focusing on getting um getting everything perfect in pitch now it's i now it's lilette crying or now it's lilette figuring out that mama who bore me like everything about mama who bore me at least for my character is very relevant like she has no way to handle the things in her life. She feels abandoned in so many ways. And so the the recording that I did in the studio simply would not match um, the what we were putting on, on screen. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. <laughs> I mean, this this sort of leads me to something that I think is really interesting about the show, which is that, you know, you're you're a trained vocalist. You have <laughs> you have studied voice, um, but you're playing high school students who are talented high school students, but nonetheless in high school. Right. Um, and, you know, I've been impressed by the fact that the show like doesn't feel overly polished. It doesn't feel like, oh, here are these high school students who suddenly break out into song <laughs> right, perfectly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um and, you know, I'm wondering what that's like for you as actors to have to kind of portray someone who is maybe not as polished as you mm. are in real life. Right. If you were singing as Damon <laughs> or as Oli. <laughs> well, thank you, first and foremost. Very appreciate that. Uh, but, yeah, it's true that, the, I mean, both of us have worked very hard on our craft to be cast um, yeah. in, this, in this show. Uh, but we also realize... Um, in the rehearsals of the rehearsals and in the rehearsals of the music before it's even brought in to be recorded. It's it's that we want to have somewhere to go and we want to to look at our, our 10th episode where we're putting on the final production of Spring Awakening and we want to see the difference between when these characters were shy and when they didn't have anything to ground them to their performance and to see them at the very end and and see that difference and see them either come out of their shell or improve on their vocals or in the beginning when they were messing up on choreography to see them you know nail that however it is so um as actors i think it's it's very rewarding to see yourself um hold back in order to have your character grow yeah Mm -hmm. I would definitely agree with that. Mine was definitely on the dancing aspect of it at all. Like later on in the season when we, you know, when we get more into the show, 
it's one of those things where I was, you know, old habits will, especially when you're like, when a dictator of a ballet teacher is like, point your feet. And you're like, I'm doing my best. Like, keep your legs straight. Spots. <laughs> like, oh God. So it's one of those things where I had to like really go, he wouldn't do that. Like, Mm-hmm. Robbie wouldn't know like none of these kids have had like formal dance training or formal vocal training so they literally like they don't know like if you told them to spot while they're turning they would go I, I you like you want me to mark on myself or something like I don't right. you know what I mean it would be mm-hmm. it would be completely confused so it's one of those things where like the little details also make a very big difference in the performance so totally yeah. Well, I mean, as a compliment, when you do the snippet of the bitch of living that we see, you like do a good job of seeming a little awkward. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> well done. Just it's also like there's no like we're like jamming like there's actual totally. drums in the background or a yes. band, and it's like there's this a- is all piano, dog. Calm down, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's very true. Totally. Well, I mean, I'm curious how since you've done the show, has it changed how you look at musical theater now? Have you gotten more into like? the interesting sort of more connected with pop and rap shows that yeah. um, that have become big in the past couple of years. Have you seen shows while you've been in New York? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, actually. I Oh, I I didn't even tell you this, Damon, but I oh. saw Jerry Springer in the Opera. You went to go see I it? I saw it. Oh, it's, gosh. Oh, I want to see so that. It's so good, right? It. It's so good. It actually closed. Just a couple of days ago, Sunday. actually, right? Yeah, the 31st. What is that, March 31st? The 1st. Yesterday. No, yesterday. Yesterday is Sunday. Oh, yeah, then the first. It, it closed April 1st, and it was, like, so good. We have Tiffany Mann, who's also on our show. Ugh. Wasn't she unreal? <laughs> She's unreal. Un- like, so Tiffany Mann is mm. on our show. Ugh. She is just a powerhouse of a voice. Just amazing. And she is in Jerry Springer, li- or Jerry Springer the Opera. Mm-hmm. And man, when she takes that stage, she's, she she she's, she's one of the she was one of the best parts of that show. Like, um, and that's not being biased. us. But I'm not I'm, me because I I won't say it if it, if it's not true. I won't say it. I'm biased. I I love her to death. But like, she is, her voice is just stupid good. Yeah. So sorry, but yes, I've seen a few shows <laughs> here in New York. Um, that's definitely opened me up to the Broadway world, just being here instead of being on, on an island in the middle of the ocean. Um, Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it helps to be in, in the, the epicenter of, of Broadway and of, of shows and music for me. I've always seen shows. Yeah. I, see, I saw three. Te- well, yeah, I saw two Broadway shows this weekend. I went to go see Angels in America, the entire thing, the entire eight-hour show. I did the whole thing in a day. It was a lot. (laughs) It's a lot, man. It'll take it out of you. It's amazing, but it's a lot. It is, and it's incredible. It's an incredible production. And then I saw my my friend is leaving to go to uh, Chicago in a couple in like a week or two for Hamilton. So I went to go (gasps) see him in Hello Dolly before he left. Oh, amazing! Yeah. And how did you like Hello Dolly? I just had him on the podcast last week. Oh really? Yeah. I I already liked the show, but seeing Bernadette Peters. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she's so wonderful. My heart. Uh, she's so good, and she's so funny. Really? There were so many moments. Like, there's a moment where, 
literally this it should not take as long as she did and mm. she made it work she was like literally didn't say a word for like seven to eight minutes oh and she was God. just like eating food and it's the yes, funniest yes, yes. thing you'll ever see and then there would be moments where she's like messing with Victor Garber okay. and he and she's like and like literally he's like laughing on stage because she's messing with him and it's <laughs> yes. so funny it's so good uh, yeah no I feel like it's a totally different side of her but it's also amazing the just the, like the reaction she gets in the audience I feel oh, like yeah. I've not been in an audience like that before where like Yay. the reverence that you just feel in the air when she simply like walks yes is, it's like we're all very grateful that she's walking right and then we're even more <laughs> grateful that she's actually singing exactly it's like watching it's like watching John Legend last night as Jesus Christ. Yes. As, as soon as he walks in, oh. he's like he like gives that essence of I am Jesus. It's wait, like did yeah, you, watch you that are. Last night? I did. You watched wait, you I watched did. Jesus Christ Superstar on Easter. I did. Wow, <laughs> that's hardcore. I feel like that's. I feel like it was like appropriate. Like no, I feel totally. like I should have like that's like my you know. Oh no, this is me. This is me being jealous. No, you're fine. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. You should you should watch it. Thank you. It's, it was very good. There's a lot of leather. There's a <laughs> lot of leather. <laughs> But it was really, really well done. I agree, man. I'm happy to see, like, what an amazing reception it's getting. And Brandon Victor Dixon is, I will tell anyone who wants to listen, I call him my Broadway husband. Um, I just think he's he's incredible. He's He's amazing. He took over after Leslie. (gasps) Oh, thank you, CIA. In Hamilton. Yes, Yes. CIA. I need other musical references for me to know people. It's, it's good. Honestly, it's a work in progress. <laughs> we're slowly but surely turning into First her. First West and Hamilton. Thank you kindly. There is hope for you yet. <laughs> well, thank you so much, both of you, for stopping by, and good luck this with the rest great. of the show. Thank you so much for having thank us. Thank you. Love it for a second season. Kisses. Knocking on all the wood. Knocking on like, yeah. a table not made of wood. Knocking yes. on my own it, head. <laughs> the chair is made knock, of wood. Hold knock. on. There we go. There we go. It's a lo- loud little knock. Yay. Thanks. Cool. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Rise is on NBC on Tuesday nights at 9, 8 central. And again, Rise season one, the album, will be out on Atlantic Records on May 11th. If you're a fan of the Billboard on Broadway podcast, there are many ways to find me in the social media world. If you would like to tweet about the podcast, use hashtag Billboard on Broadway. I'm at Rebecca Millsoff. If you're truly a super fan, you can find uh, photos of upcoming guests on my Instagram account, which is at Y-A-D-O-W-N-R-M-M. That's you down with R-M-M. Some of you will recognize a very old hip hop reference there. Um, And if you're a fan of the podcast in general, please give us nice reviews on iTunes, lots of stars, and we hope to have you back next week. Bye.